0: Esports is one of the fastest-growing industries in the world, and this is the podcast where we talk all things branding, marketing, sponsorship, and events. I'm Rebecca Langawa, founder of Happy Warrior, and I'm an esports brand builder and strategist. Join me as I discuss the world of marketing and esports with some of the top experts in the industry. Welcome to the Future of Marketing in Esports. And welcome to the future of esports marketing. I'm your host, Rebecca Longwa. And today with me, I have Dick Polipnik. And Dick is the founder and the chief growth officer for online growth systems. He's also been um, selected as 32 under 32 in AdFed, collaborated with various media outlets, and is a professional speaker. Dick, welcome to the show.
1: Thanks, Rebecca. I'm super excited. I've been looking forward to this since we scheduled it. So it's been on the calendar for a while, and I'm looking forward to it.
0: <laughs> yeah, I'm looking forward to it too. I know we've had a couple conversations in the past um, really around what those growth strategies are within uh, the esports landscape. And you are a true subject matter expert um, when it comes to growth strategies. So thanks for coming on. And I'd love for you to just kind of share your story, how you got um, to where you are at this point And also kind of what inspired you to create this company?
1: Yeah, <clears throat> great question. So my entrepreneurial journey actually dials all the way back to when I was a kid and I was, I started off selling my sibling stuffed animals on a fold-out card table on the sidewalk. <laughs> but I uh, got the kibosh on that uh, from the <laughs> supply chain reasons, air quotes for people who are listening. So yeah, I kind of grew up with the knack, I guess, and when I was 14 years old, I started like you know, every other kid, you know, it seems like they either had a lemonade stand, a paper route, or mowing lawns. And I chose mowing lawns, so I actually grew that company to the point where, when I was 17 years old, I uh, acquired one of my competitors. And uh, by the time I graduated high school, I had 21 people working for me and uh, had a pretty sizable company for a you know 18 year old or 17 year old kid at the time. So yeah, so after that business, I did a couple other businesses. I, I went to. Uh, university for one whopping semester, but the, it, the itch got too strong for me. Nothing against education on that front, but through the other companies that I was working on, I had a lot of companies who would come up to me and say, you know, who built your website? Who's running your marketing campaign? We want to hire that firm to manage all of our digital assets. And my answer was, well, I guess you have to hire me because I'm doing that all in-house. So I actually kind of fell into uh, digital strategy and marketing by accident. Uh, and it was one of the best things that ever happened to me because throughout the next few years that followed that, it became uh, extremely lucrative and I enjoyed it more and it was more financially successful than the other businesses I was working on. So in 2016, decided to take that business as my, you know, still called full-time gig. And we've been scaling as a company ever since. So
0: that's amazing. That's really cool. And what are the types of clients that you're working with at Online Growth Systems?
1: Good question. So, we uh, typically, you know, our kind of one sentence elevator pitch is we help companies between one and 200 million scale uh, through fractional digital services. So, we do everything from video production to influencer marketing to website and software development to lots of digital advertising. So, uh, we kind of play around in a lot of fields. I jokingly say we do everything except blockchain. <laughs> so, yeah, we, that's kind of the, the two best lanes that we play in per se, our, our niche expertise are with e-commerce companies and SaaS companies, because uh, those are just uh, easy ways for, since we offer so many services, those are kind of two niche places that we seamlessly offer everything from, you know, complete oblivion, nobody's ever heard of them to customer retention and, you know, turning that, that funnel and getting referrals for them. So when I say we play that the best, that's like where our, the return on investment is just astronomical, you know what I mean? So,
0: right. Right. And you're a professional speaker as well.
1: Yes, I I was several months ago, right? I don't think anybody's a professional speaker right now, right? But uh, yeah, so uh, I've actually done some speaking and mostly in the U.S., but in like Guatemala. So you can even say I'm international, but all it takes is one other country and now you're international, right? No.
0: Thank you, Toronto. (laughs) Yeah, there you go. What are the types of things that you're speaking about when you're out? And are you talking in within large corporations, are you speaking to educators?
1: Yeah, when I first started out, I did more speaking engagements at high schools and universities, but over the last few years, I've done more you know corporations like US bank uh, type of things, you know where they bring me in and I'll maybe talk about project management from a digital perspective. or I mean that's just one of the topics I talk about, but I'll go to like a conference and I'll talk about entrepreneurship. Otherwise, the the topic I speak the most on is marketing and and strategies related to marketing.
0: Right. That's awesome. And that's what I really want to get into on this call um, because esports is uh, really becoming a mainstream sport and Mm -hmm. garnering a lot of attention. One thing that I've noticed is a lot of traditional brands are really struggling in how to engage appropriately with that esports audience, that key demographic Mm -hmm. I'd love for you to share with me a little bit about how you have been working with clients, some of the successes that you've seen in, in bringing them along the journey and appropriately bringing them into the space.
1: Yeah. So the first thing is a lot of companies aren't even considering esports right now, because unless you're a gamer yourself, it's just not an avenue that you typically think about. But to, to be honest, if your target audience, if your customers are gamers, or they're people who consume content in esports, or gaming, or Twitch, or streaming, that's where you want to be because that's where your customers' attention is. All right, so that, that's why uh, we don't play anything with you know billboards or anything like that because it's just so it's like the opposite of targeted. Right. The only thing you're targeting is geography because people are physically in that location. Right. So with a lot of our our, our clients, if they're if you look at if you think of like a Venn diagram like the pie charts and they have a lot of intersection or overlap with the esports community and people who are consuming that type of content whether it's their gamers themselves or they like to watch twitch or they're you know super active on discord and they have that pie chart overlap with their existing customers their target customers that's going to be one of the highest recommendations we can make right so the first step, I guess, in kind of transitioning them into marketing with in the esports realm is having that conversation and analyzing if that's the right demographic. Obviously, for a lot of companies, it is. So once we make that recommendation, then we talk about a couple of different strategies. So and if I'm going off in a rabbit hole that uh, seems too tangent, like, let me know. <laughs> but, I love rabbit holes. Let's go there. Let's do it. All right. Uh, Bring the the tunnel with a little hat on top, right? In case it gets dark. But so obviously one obvious recommendation is influencer marketing because- whether that's streamers or professional athletes, you know, being associating a name to your brand, not only is great for getting your brand out there, but it it has that brand association with its, you know, guilty by association or that social proof aspect, right? Which was so powerful. So if you can piggyback off of someone else's brand and someone else's success, it's just like word of mouth referrals is the best marketing you can get. I'm going to be honest. And that's something that we, we completely can't control, right? That's not a service we can offer. That's something that happens organically, right? So just like if you were to, you know, hear from your sister and they say, oh my gosh, you have to try this new service or this, you know, try on this new clothing line. It's amazing. You know, that's something that you're going to take much more seriously than seeing a Facebook ad, right?
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely.
1: So, right. And influencer marketing is a way that you can do that because a lot of companies don't realize these gamers, these athletes that they do have a personal connection with their audience. You know what I mean? They're consuming their content sometimes more hours in the day than they actually communicate with their mom and dad. You know what I mean? Yeah. So they do they have that deep personal connection. And uh, obviously it's much more skewed ratio wise from audience feeling like they're connected to the influencer, right? Versus, you know, one influencer can't feel that intimate with, you know, 2 million followers or whatever, but they have that. It's kind of the digital influencer marketing is a way that you can leverage that social proof and that word of mouth referral type of relationship in a digital sense. So influencer marketing has been huge in esports and I think it's only going to continue to grow especially as I mean Rebecca you know this better than anybody there are and not just on Twitch and Discord but even on regular social media ch- channels if you look at Twitter there are professional uh, esports uh, athletes who have more followers than you know NFL players. <laughs> yes. You know And frankly, their audience is more engaged with them on Twitter. Numbers, like followers aside, their engagement level is higher because their audience is just naturally more tech inclined and they're more, you know, they're consuming more digital content than, you know, somebody who watches, you know, the Vikings on, on television. Right. Right.
0: So let's talk a little bit for anyone listening to this, that maybe they're not familiar with influencer marketing or they know what influencer marketing is, but they don't really know how um, it can apply within eSports. Who are the influencers within gaming and and eSports?
1: So an influencer is, you know, just like the word that you'd find in the dictionary, right? But in the sense of a digital, in the digital presence sense, it's people who have the attention of other people in a businesses, in a a B2C scenario, or even a B2B, frankly, it's the influencers in your space are individuals or teams, right? That have the attention of your target customer, right? So if I'm uh, a monster does this all the time, right? They're, they're all over esports, right? You see not only are they doing product placement at tournaments and having, you know, you see every person's or every athlete's got, uh, you know, a can of monster on their gaming board, right? But they also have the, the logo embroidered on their T-shirts, right? And they've also got the logo at the events. So that's more event influencer marketing. But mm-hmm. as an in, on an individual basis, when a brand is you know putting their name on those individuals, whether it's an athlete themselves or even partnering with a team, like you know Minnesota just had a, a new team come up this last year, Rocker, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So. They can, and then in that case, you're getting like a, you know, 10 for one type of deal, right? And then you can scale even more. So right. if you're a fan of the team versus an individual, you still get that brand recognition. Does that mm-hmm. kind of answer your question there?
0: Yeah. I mean, I think there's layers. So there's the teams, the mm-hmm. competitive players, there's streamers, pastors, yes. YouTube as well. I've been noticing a lot of success with gamers who are you know uploading their content to YouTube mm-hmm. in lieu of going live on Twitch or mixer or other platforms. So I think there's layers in which you could utilize influencer strategy. And I like also what you said about event, live event influence type of you know the experiential, but yeah. being intentional with how to engage that strategy, I think is where a lot of people are making some mistakes because mm. the the audience. I'd really love to talk about the esports audience, that demographic, and how sophisticated they are. I know you and I have had conversations about how hyper sophisticated this audience is, and it's not about just um, a logo on something or somebody, you know, holding up a Monster Energy can. It's really it has to be authentic and really embedded into the lifestyle. So yes. let's like. What, what do you think about that whole world of like what br- there's brands doing things right. And there's brands doing things wrong. What makes it authentic?
1: Yeah. And I think that last word you said was the word I was going to bring up first was authenticity, right? I can even think of exact conversations that you and I have had about companies who the, the marketing feels like marketing. It feels like an ad, a product placement. Like you can just smell it from a mile away. Right. Sometimes literally. Right. <laughs> so, yeah. okay. but the authenticity piece is where, because not only if we can sense it, their audience is going to sense it because they know. And, and to be frank, not every influencer, not every, you know, whether it's a an athlete or a caster or a, a YouTuber, they're not actors you know what I mean? They can't, you know, fake the smile and, you know, it's unless you're breaking the fourth wall in a Deadpool movie and say, you know, hey, you know, (laughs) and acknowledging the fact that you're having an ad, right? Maybe you could do that in some comedy way, right? But having it be the best kind of what we actually like to do with the company, assuming that they're, you know, they're not like a startup and they're actually an established brand. And we work with both from early stage startups, you know, that just raised their series A all the way up to you know, like I said, $200 million companies. So what we like to do is we talk to the companies and we say, let's find influencers in esports that already are using your product. They're Mm -hmm. already using it. Mm -hmm. And then we say, hey, we would like you to just kind of make it, You know, more intentional about being vocal about the product that you already use before we even approached you that you already love and just making it known to your audience that, hey, I've been a customer of, you know, ABC brand for three, four years before I was even famous. Mm -hmm. And I've been and I love their product and I continue to use their product and that is the best kind of authenticity because they already are customers versus they've never heard of you and then you send them a product in the mail for the first time which works great too of course that can work out and because you really could have a nice product but that low hanging fruit opportunity is mm-hmm. uh, we even just try to find influencers that already are already our customers and then just they just verbalize that to their audience and say like, hey, I've been using this. I mean, tech is such an easy one to talk about. Like, hey, I've been using this ergonomic Microsoft mouse and it really helps because I'm on the computer literally 12 hours a day. And that's easy for me to promote naturally because I really have been using this mouse for three, four years and it's fantastic. You know?
0: And I think you could reverse engineer that as well. A lot of streamers will reach out and ask how do they get sponsored and how can they help grow their their viability. And I've told them as well, like, what are the things that you're using every day? Like, what brand are you passionate Mm -hmm. about? Because I think there's even opportunities then to build corporate relationships as an influencer that maybe you decide you're not going to compete anymore, but now you can go maybe work for that company because you've got a longstanding relationship. I think authenticity and relationships are probably like the two biggest words Mm -hmm. on entering a space appropriately.
1: Yeah. I'd love to tell a story about
0: what you just said,
1: actually, with one of the influencers that we've worked with. Yeah. So you know we work with uh, an influencer uh, named Hope Schwinghammer. She's huge on TikTok, like 7 million plus uh, followers. And uh, I think at quarter of a million on Instagram, and she's got like 100,000 on YouTube. And so she's obviously her biggest platform is TikTok, but she's growing really quickly mm-hmm. on TikTok. Uh, all of the others and when we first started working with her she was at i think 50,000 followers on tiktok like micro influencer and the first brand that we wanted to work with is we said she started out as a a professional hula hooper so like a hula hoop athlete so we said what hula hoops are you using so we looked at the hula hoops she uses because she started out she first started getting traction on tiktok Um, doing hula hooping videos because she was a professional hula hooper. So companies would hire her to go hula hoop at their, you know, event, or you know, she would do performances on stage for different uh, organizations and events and stuff like that. So she started recording that and putting it on TikTok, and next thing you know, she had fifty thousand followers. Right. Very cool. So we looked at the brands of the hula hoops that she was using, and we reached out to those companies and said, "Hey, you know, we've got fifty thousand people." You know it, that are super active in her audience that love her videos that feature your hula hoop, but their logo isn't big enough and the hula hoop's spinning so fast that they have no idea that it's their product, right? So this would be an easy no-brainer uh, for you to partner with us. So that's kind of we had that first conversation. And as she scaled to seven million followers, those videos that are still on TikTok from when she had fifty thousand followers have continued to get views and views. So their their teeny little investment they made three, four years ago has like quintupled in value because they struck gold with this influencer that blew
0: up. That's amazing. And then as she's grown, I would imagine it's it's brought on a lot of other brand opportunities right. uh, where she's really being able to to monetize that as well.
1: Yeah. And even those companies that like that same brand, that hula cooping company, has continued to stay with her as she scaled to seven million. Because, like you it's said earlier, that relationship yeah. piece is so important.
0: Right, and there, and I would, I mean, they have to be seeing a, a marked growth success as as a company as well. How are you? How are you promoting her? Is it one to one reach out with brands? Is it are brands now just coming directly to her? And how are you able to create? A brand story that really informs the types of companies that she naturally will work with that are good fit.
1: Yeah. So the bigger you get, the more brands come to you, right? But when she was at 50,000, you know, we were doing a lot of manual outreach, right? So we were, we had to, there's nothing fancy, there's no automation out there or some tool I can recommend here that it was just, okay, what's the name of the company? Let's look them up on Google, let's try to find their their CMO. And let's see if we can get their contact information and literally just cold email them or cold call them. Mm -hmm. And that's how, and and unfortunately a lot of those niche brands and those niche companies, they probably only have a 10, 20 person marketing team. So it's, you know, she's not doing a deal with, you know, with Pepsi Cola right now, you know, or when you're you're at 50,000 people, right. Or followers. So you don't have to find somebody there. So a lot of these companies, uh, they're actually fairly easy to find their their CMO's contact information. And that's typically the person you want to be talking to. And if they don't have a CMO, maybe they're too smaller than that. And then you just talk to their you know, CEO or some type, something like that.
0: Right. So. It's like TikTok's a huge trend. What are some of the trends in regards to social media and, and platforms that are really growing within the eSports space?
1: Yeah. So, I mean, obviously... Twitch is going to continue to grow. I think live streaming is going to continue to gain more audience or gain a larger audience because people like that raw and uh, I'm going to bring back that word authentic, right? From Mm -hmm. earlier, because there's no editing, right? There's no, so you really get like the raw authentic feeling of like your favorite streamer playing the game and you get to see the mistakes and you get to see, you know, the fun parts and the serendipitous moments that you might not see in a consolidated 10 minute video on YouTube, or, Mm -hmm. you know, one hour edited video um, of their, you know, stream from the weekend, right? Right. So I think uh, live streaming will continue to uh, gain followers, especially as people lessen, especially in gaming, right? In esports, we see a wide demographic, but a lot of younger generations, right? More so than older generations. And they, nobody watches cable, right? Everybody's got Netflix and HBO now and Amazon prime, right? So they've got these streaming services that's on demand, right? Nobody watches cable anymore. And as cable as the audience switches from live TV. If you like that type of content of that live, constantly being fed some type of entertainment, it's going to shift more to live stream. So that's I think trend number one, that's going to continue to grow. Trend number two is this might be a great time to bring in Discord, right? Yeah. So I think Discord was just started and it was like, wasn't it like March of 2018 or something like that? So it's like only two years old, you know, So young company, but they're bigger than Slack now. You know, I don't know if that number is totally accurate with their, you know, IPO and stuff like that now. But last time I checked, they had more daily active users and more just users overall than Slack which every most everybody knows what Slack is, right?
0: Yep. Yeah. So many companies are just using it as a communication mm-hmm. tool. So for people who've never heard of Discord, I'm sure there's a lot of people who maybe they've heard of it. They might have not heard of it, but if they've heard of it, they've probably not logged on. Explain mm-hmm. what Discord is and and how it works and, and some of the features that are really interesting.
1: Yeah. And I'm biased, obviously, but as <laughs> you are too, right? But uh, it's like the best. Uh, well, I'll do like a really quick version and then a deeper version. So mm-hmm. the really quick version is it's the best features of Skype and Zoom and Slack combined, and specifically branded and, frankly, it's marketed to the gaming community, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, and it's such a fantastic tool that it's actually gone beyond just gaming as I'm sure there's there's discord uh, servers that are dedicated to real estate and book clubs and everything plants like it's starting it's kind of almost turning into a reddit like ecosystem where there's just like there might be a a subreddit of any topic you can think of from memes to traffic jams, Discord is kind of evolving in that direction. So their appeal is getting wider and wider daily, but they still are branded. And I think rightfully so they're trying to niche down into the gaming community, which I think was frankly, the, why they made it so successful. Now prior to Discord, you know, there was a mod podge of tools that gamers had to use To to do all the features that discord currently does so discord in addition So they have something called servers, right? Which if the slack equivalent is like a slack channel. Yeah, right So there is different group easy way to say there's groups right where you can have text discussions Mm -hmm. like messages Right and what's great is they're cross platforms. You can have mobile you can be in like I have it I use it all the time on my laptop. I have a gaming laptop, right? And so you can chat with your friends there. And then it also has the video features of Zoom and Skype, Uh, way better than Skype though, right? And then they've also got like screen share options. So you can do a stream or a screen share. So it's got all of those features baked into one product. And to me, what makes them, in addition to the fact that they're all like a one-stop shop, which is obviously a great feature, they have an amazing sense of community. And I think that's partly because it's free. Right? Yeah. So it's extremely open source in that sense that anybody can log on and create a free account. But they do such a great job of fostering relationships, right? Gaming is online, right? Or esports at least, right? Yep. And when you can foster those relationships outside of the game itself, that's where like real relationships are being built and that's where like friendships are being made. You could be friends with somebody and game with somebody and chat with somebody in discord that's halfway across the globe on the other side of the hemisphere and have like a real relationship with those people. So right. I think Discord's doing a lot of things right. And I think they're going to continue to be a trend.
0: So one way that I've been engaging, it's literally engaging with the same company in two totally different ways. So the Minnesota rocker, our Call of Duty team here in, in Minneapolis, I will have specific calls with staff members through Discord where we are looking at a document together and sharing ideas and reviewing content uh, in real time on a quick Discord call. But then on the fan engagement side, the community side, the Rockers community channel, their server, is filled with the their fans. And they've been really leveraging that do watch parties. They were doing live event watch parties. Like when their very last live tournament, they were in LA and they rented out a a space within an amazing bar restaurant in the city. And it was packed with people. And they had a host there. They had giveaways and prizes and all these real life scenarios that we all imagine and we used to live out right now what they've done is they've pivoted to a discord watch party so everyone's watching on YouTube where the call of duty the franchise teams are competing on YouTube so they're watching on YouTube but they're all chatting on their discord yeah. which is super cool and the team's still able to do the giveaways to do the promotions to share unique content or announce what's coming up next what's new what's exciting, just within that private discord channel which if you're a part of the community you want to be in that watch party so you can win stuff but also so you're the first to hear about something before they even tweet it out or make some type of a formal announcement so Mm -hmm. it's a big community builder and it's a pretty safe environment if i'm a brand how can i layer in a digital strategy um, layer discord into my overall digital strategy if I'm a brand.
1: Yeah. So the, f- I'm going to start out with a mistake that a lot of companies try to do. Okay. So a lot of them think, well, why don't we just start our own discord server or channel? Right. And nine times out of 10, that's the wrong move because <laughs> unless you have like a cult, like following of customers, right. Uh, a Discord server isn't having your own Discord server isn't going to be the right option, right? Mm-hmm. One out of ten, yeah, maybe you are that one out of ten exception, and then that would make sense, right? right you're just trying to
0: bring people in. Now you're now you have a totally different marketing strategy of getting people to even get to your Discord in the first place, right?
1: Exactly. Now what, what you're doing is you're essentially doubling the length of your what's called a marketing funnel. So yep. to get them to actually convert, if if your metric that you're trying to drive is customer engagement or Sales, let's say if you're if you're actually trying to drive sales of your product, you want to shorten the the marketing funnel as much as possible. So if you so to kind of give an example, if you start your own channel or uh, server, then you have to say, okay, we need to get people who have are at least aware of us or never heard of us or something like that. We have to get them, number one, make them aware of who we are. Then we have to somehow get them to sign up for Discord if they've never done it before. Mm -hmm. Then we have to get them to join our server. Then we have to engage with them on our discord server. Then we have to try to push our products. Then we have to try to get them to convert into a paying customer or do whatever metric you're trying to get. your deliverable. Right. And what
0: we learned when corporations thought they all needed a blog was that for six months, they would do this content calendar and they were putting blog posts out and then they started feeling super forced and the content was kind of crap. And a lot of times you can go to some real huge companies and that link is still live and they haven't posted anything since 2017. Yeah. So I think even the programmatic content strategy to stay engaged, you're adding expense internally for somebody that has to mm-hmm. create that. And you once you start, you don't want to just let it bail, right?
1: Yeah, yeah, because then it's almost like leaving a stain, right, on your brand because it's like, oh, well, clearly this didn't work out. <laughs> you know? yeah. But and then you have to talk about, okay, well, now are we gonna hire a content team? You know what I mean? Are we gonna hire writers and and you know, copywriters and proofreaders and editors? And now you're talking about tackling a whole new beast, right? Sure. V- versus the alternative is the nine out of ten companies that we would look at them and we'd say, Don't start your own server. Leverage mm-hmm. the audience of an existing server, and not that's most of the time it's with an influencer, but something not always, right? It could be someone who manages the community that they're personally not famous or they don't personally have a lot of followers, but they fostered a community and they mm-hmm. they kind of M C this community, right? Right. Uh, that's yeah. the beauty of Discord is you don't have to be famous, right? You can just you find an audience that has similar interests and you just happen to be the the person that started that, right? So finding those existing servers that already have the audience, like that Venn diagram we talked about earlier that overlaps a lot with your target, customer, target demographics, right? And then, you know, reach out to the person that runs that Discord, whether that's an influencer or an esports team like Rocker, like you're saying, mm-hmm. or a community content manager, and you say, hey, we'd like to partner with you. And uh, let's find a creative way that we can authentically bring our brand to your audience in a way that makes a lot of sense. And like you said earlier, they could, uh, Rocker does a lot of giveaways. Yep. That's an easy, very common way of doing something like that. Rocker can only ha- Rocker only has so many products that you can give away. You, right. know, uh, you can only have so many somebody's already got everybody's already got a t-shirt and the hat yep. and free tickets to you can only give so many tickets to the next event, you know what I mean? But like where you really start to come into play is okay, let's give away the product of this brand that we want to partner with, yeah. like uh, yeah. whether that's a brand new gaming system, um, like let's use Best Buy. I know that, you know, you and I are both in Minnesota. That's a Minnesota com- based headquartered company. Yep. You know, let's hook somebody up with a brand new gaming system. You know what I mean? And do that. That's a huge giveaway to, especially to, you know, the gaming community, what you're going to hook me up with a $5,000, mm-hmm. whatever. And that's a great way to engage with the audience. So.
0: So, what, so walk through what that customer journey would then look like or the that targeted audience. How does the brand utilize Discord and engage within those spaces for the giveaway? And what type of call to actions can you integrate within Discord to make sure that you're not just giving something away, but you're capturing who these people are?
1: Yeah, yeah. Good question. So obviously, Discord isn't... A one-stop shop, start to finish funnel, right? Yeah. It's where their attention is, right? So one thing that we would do is we'd say with you know company ABC, let's just keep using Best Buy as the example. So let's say that we're doing something like that, like the giveaway for Best Buy. What you could do is say, "Hey, let's," and it's, it, instead of saying "let's do," let's do one interaction, aka one of the the, the team athletes says, hey, we're doing this giveaway right now. Click like on this comment or or comment below if you want this brand new gaming system from Best Buy. Instead, what we would do is let's build a ton of engagement here in the Discord server, right? And then, so what we would do is let's say, I'm just making this up right now, but, you know, hey, everybody take out your, your phone, take a picture of your current gaming setup, post that in the server, right, in the channel, and say, hey, hey, Best Buy, I'd love for you to upgrade this rig. So now you're getting a ton of media that's being created in that server. So instead of just a single line, a thumbs up emoji or something like that, all of a sudden everybody in uh, in in the Rocker Discord is seeing all these pictures of their rigs, right? And they're like, what's yeah. going on? And then they're like, oh my gosh, there's like this huge giveaway. So you're generating a lot of buzz that way. You're getting a lot more eyeballs it's more fun to engage with them in that way, and then you can actually make it almost like a case by case. instead of a random person, you could kind of say like, let's look for. You can make it a contest. Yeah, right? yeah. you could say like, who's got the the crappiest system, yeah. you know, or whatever, yeah. and then we're gonna pick like yeah. the top two crappiest ones and upgrade them, you know.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's really fun. That's great. And from the brand side, how do they then take that and amplify the success? Even broader.
1: Mm-hmm. So then, what I would do is I would say, in addition to posting that in in the Discord, another thing you could do, and this is totally up to this is on a case by case basis, but you could say, let's also have this. You could either say, you know, post it here in the Discord, and then also post it on Twitter. You know yeah. what I mean? And say, tag us at Best Buy Upgrade My Rig and include a picture of the your system, and then also tag at Minnesota Rocker. Right, Mm -hmm. so that way you're getting the the team back engaged, you're getting the community engaged, and then you're getting uh, the Best Buy or the brand engaged, right? And now you're reaching every individual's Twitter followers in addition to they themselves. So now let's say how many people are on that Discord server?
0: Probably ten thousand to twenty thousand right now.
1: Right, so you could say instead of that those ten thousand eyeballs that you would have access to, now let's say that let's say that twenty percent of people in the server. Uh, post about it on Twitter right mm-hmm. so now you're looking at 2,000 people posting on Twitter let's say yeah. that each of them let's say that on average they get I don't know 200 impressions each yeah. right so now you're talking did uh, I gotta do math now oh, not great at math <laughs> 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 whatever 200 200 impressions times you know 2,000 people now you're reaching uh, way more eyeballs than you would have before. And Best Buy is a brand that potentially anybody's their customer, right?
0: Right. So if I'm on Twitter and I'm seeing people that I'm connected to sharing pictures and doing the thing in order for me to have a chance, then I have to go and get involved with Discord or is that just open-ended with what the client wants to do?
1: Yeah, totally open-ended. So number one, it's, it's great for Rocker, because now they're getting more exposure to their audience's Twitter followers. In this right.
0: example, well, and Discord. I mean, if you could create a space where you can amplify a message where it's cross-promoted between those social channels, then you have yeah. to really complete a checklist in order to get the you know ca- the carrot that's dangled. Then their Discord's growing, and that means more people in the watch parties and more people, exactly. you know, with the brand itself, because there are only 12 Call of Duty teams. And that's an international brand with teams being in Canada, and London, Paris. So it's pretty exciting to think about the broad reach that the Misfits can have or phase yes. or... Huntsman or, or Minnesota I mean really here in the Midwest region there's just two teams so they kind of go kind of head to head between us and the, the Huntsman on someone's either going to be a Huntsman fan I just talked to a, a kid that's graduating high school the other day who's a huge Huntsman fan but he's here in Minnesota you're getting <laughs> traitor <laughs> I know what a trader. and I'm like Merm. but I think that's what's really exciting about where we are right now being a first season and being able to have fans, I mean, our fan blueprint at the Rocker is kind of all over, you know, the U.S. So it's, it's pretty exciting to see. So in order to continue to grow that, I think that type of a Discord strategy is smart. What are the other ways that teams and brands can advertise within eSports?
1: Yeah, this actually might be a fun time to bring in the in-game content conversation. So kind and- of a, a loop around not to dance around that that question but to an easy way that a lot of companies can get a ton of exposure to the esports community is actually not directly advertising through esports but advertising through games themselves because esports wouldn't exist without games <laughs> hockey wouldn't exist without ice right so <laughs> Um, boy, do you think the listeners know that we're both from Minnesota? Or, yeah, I know. Yeah.
0: talking about best Buy and hockey. <laughs> right, right,
1: right. <laughs> so one of my, and this is maybe I was born to be a marketer, right? But so I remember when the first Transformers movie came out 2009 or something. But to this day, ten over 10 years later, I remember the first Transformers movie with Shia LaBeouf and Megan Fox when the Decepticons uh, first get the AllSpark and it drops on the ground and all of a sudden the energy shoots out everywhere Mm -hmm. and you see it electrocute a bunch of random equipment.
0: Yeah, the the toaster and the whatnot.
1: Yeah, you know exactly yeah. what I'm talking about. Well, yeah, of course, and yeah. stuff starts to come alive. You know what I mean? Yeah. There's one scene where where they drop the Allspark, and it electrocutes a dumpster, which isn't even an electronic. <laughs> and that, wish holy brand product placement retrospectively now you're like that's not even an electronic, right? <laughs> the dumpster transforms into a Decepticon and start you know shooting stuff up, right? <laughs> and it was so cool. And I remember to this day, this is over ten years later. That dumpster was a waste management dumpster, and I thought it was super cool. And I yeah. don't know how much money waste management paid to have their logo on that dumpster, if at all, but i that's something I remember to this day, and now we're bringing yep. it up on this podcast, yeah. right? So now they're getting even more exposure.
0: And then 10 years before that, the Wayne's World, their very overt product placement montage that was like a two-minute eating Domino's pizza, wearing yeah. Adidas, drinking Pepsi Cola or whatever it was. <laughs> I mean, in my mind, those are the brands I remember, it might be different, but if they are those brands, I'm going to be pretty impressed. I haven't seen that movie in a really long time, but yeah, what are brands doing and what brands are getting in into that in-game content marketing right within the actual play of the video game itself, not the competitive game, but the actual, you know, console game or Mm web-based
1: game. Yeah. Good question. So let's bring up Call of Duty you know, since we were already talking about it. So something that you can do, you know, for these companies that they can do is have in-game content, right? So when somebody, to to market in esports, everybody's going to see your logo and your uh, products in, when they're watching Rocker, if Rocker is playing Call of Duty on a map that has, let's use, let's just keep using Best Buy. Right. And there's, and, and it's in this old abandoned shopping mall, right? Every Call mm-hmm. of Duty has an abandoned shopping mall as one of the maps. Right. Yeah. And you see that like, there's a bunch of old stores and 99% of them are fake stores and fake brands. Right. Where everything's blown up and there's mannequins that, you know, have bullet holes all over them and whatever. And some of them are actually, uh, uh, Product placement or in-game content, right? Product placement mm-hmm. has such like a negative connotation, but you know what we would call like in-game content, right? So yeah. it would be like an old Best Buy corner of that shopping mall that used to be an abandoned Best Buy, and the year is twenty, the year is three thousand, and it's and you see all this cool stuff, and and that's a way that they can be in the game, and then every time one of the rocker players is you know using that map, you can see that every time on their screen, every time they look at it or pass by it, and now that subconsciously is that's brand recognition, that's branding. And that's every time that your logo gets seen, that is another touch point. If the common number for touch points in marketing is like, if they are familiar with you and they've, they've seen your logo 21 times, now it's in their head, right? Right. Every time they play that map, every time they watch their favorite rocker player, use that map, that's another touch point that your brand is getting Mm -hmm. with the audience. Um, So that's a really simplistic example of kind of in-game content and how that could be leveraged. But
0: and, and clothing brands are really jumping on this bandwagon within mm-hmm. that in-game content as well.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know what game is doing a fantastic job of this right now is actually Fortnite. Mm. Uh, and they've got that huge partnership with Disney. And so Disney gets it and Fortnite gets it. So exactly what we're talking about. So it's, that was a, fr- a fictional example. Let's use a real example, right? So, yeah. uh what is it like two years ago now or something when Avengers end game came out, you could unlock the Thanos suit. Right. And you could get the infinity gauntlet. Right. And it was, I think it was just decorative. Right. But it you would know, you right. kill everybody with it. But uh, right. it was something that like you had to, number one, it was, now that's it was really engaging because you had to like work your way up to get that. So it was right. almost like a coveted, you know, skin, right. So, so if you're not is-
0: familiar with Fortnite, it's, clothing you can pick and weapons you can pick for your character within the game. So you can select something real life or fantasy that isn't normally in the game for this limited time to promote the movie, correct?
1: Yes. So, so they were trying to get, Disney wanted to get as many Eyeballs on the upcoming release of the new Avengers movie. So, what did they do? They partnered with with Fortnite to make the the main antagonist, the bad guy in the movie. That was a what's called, what they call skins or mm-hmm. clothing slash outfits that your mm-hmm. character can wear, and it was like the highest level that you could unlock and achieve. So, players, right, would like actively work towards and they desired to unlock that skin, right, which is amazing. Mm-hmm. Branding because now you're making your character and your IP, your intellectual property, desirable in the game, yes. right? Yeah. Um, which is so like that's, psychologically, that's such a great marketing move on so many levels. But and now they're doing it again right now. The, the character that they're promoting right now is Deadpool, right? Which there's no Deadpool movie coming out, but it's something that even if you don't have a movie coming out right now, that's brand recognition, that's in-game content that when you see that Deadpool is this character you can unlock with their new map, right? With the, They just released the new one, I think maybe two, three months ago. Mm-hmm. And now that character is desirable again. I bet, I don't know the exact numbers, but I bet that Deadpool one and two, I bet their sales went up in the last few months because people are thinking about it again.
0: Right. So. And talking, my son was just talking about Deadpool the other day when he's you know 13, which is interesting because I haven't Heard about that in in a while. Now there's like becoming more just conversation. So, exactly. um, That's dripping down into his Discord channels as well as a young gamer. What are other tools and tactics that maybe we haven't covered off on that we want to kind of talk about briefly before we wrap up? Where's your team finding success?
1: Yeah. Oh, sorry about that. Yeah. So, good question. Maybe we could also talk about the trickle down effect of maybe even the Deadpool thing is what's great about having in-game content is you're getting exposure to all players, not just people who are following their favorite streamer or favorite athlete. Right.
0: Yeah. It's almost like regardless of the personality, because I think brands sometimes get nervous about a specific personality and could there be a, a way for that personality to tarnish a brand? This gives it not only that trickle down broad approach, but a little bit of safety as well. Right.
1: And what's what's interesting is you can have that in-game content repurposed for entertainment, right? So somebody could be recording their game, their stream, and then they make this really cool move, you know what I mean? Or they do this really hard to achieve uh, tactic, right? Using their character on, uh, on Fortnite that gets recorded and somebody who could be a total quote unquote, nobody, mm-hmm. all of a sudden that clip, you know, goes viral on Instagram for any of, of all platforms. Right. Mm-hmm. Because they did this really impressive thing that if you've, if you play Fortnite, you know, that's an impressive thing that they just pulled off. Right. Yeah. So then you get to see, and they, they happen to be wearing uh, the Deadpool skin when they did it. Right. Now you've just got 10 million eyeballs on on your character because they did this really impressive thing in the game that went viral, right? So yeah. it's got that amazing ripple effect that, that brands can continue to leverage. And it's not really a gamble because you're paying for what the immediate value you get. And then anytime something like that happens, that's all just pure gravy for these brands and these companies. So it's a real win for everybody involved. So that's something that we could kind of touch on and we could... Touch on. And then some other ways that our our company is finding success with our clients is kind of echoing what we talked about earlier of building those relationships and doing long thinking about things in the long term. Mm-hmm. Another mistake that a lot of brands are doing is they're seeing this as like, okay, well, let's experiment with it and we'll just do like a one-off campaign. We'll look at the results and if it made a lot of sense financially, then we'll continue to invest there. Right. Right, right. And don't get me wrong. Most of the time, it works, right? Mm -hmm. But the best strategies are when you say, let's do a six month, 12 month contract with this game, this influencer, this team, this streamer, right? Whatever, or this Discord channel or Discord uh, server, whatever medium that you're marketing through. The longer term play that you use, the more authentic it's going to seem and the more, uh, the better results you're going to see long term because not everybody converts on the first touch point. That's just a yeah. marketing thing, right? Unless you're yeah. freaking amazing, you know, that's like a one in a million chance, right? It's yeah. total. Yeah. You're gambling, right? Mm-hmm. So to take to eliminate risk, actually, would be to do the opposite. To do more of a long term strategy, because then you know that your their audience of whether that's the Discord channel or the influencer or the team is gonna you're gonna be a part of the ecosystem, right? Getting involved, and then that shows because and you can speak to this too, Rebecca. That like in esports people are seeing it as almost like a gold rush a little bit. They're like, we got to jump in here and somehow capitalize and get our brand in here.
0: For sure. Well, the conversations are like, we want to be in eSports. And I'm like, okay, well, like, why? Oh, because eSports. It's the last year and a half conversations are like, they're like CBD oil, blockchain, and eSports. That's like the three things. (laughs) You have to have, it has, everything has to tie back to what is your overall goal? as a brand and an organization, and then put together this getting involved in esports is really a a, a digital slash experiential marketing strategy. That's what it is right now. Experiential is a little bit to the side because we are in unique times, but you have to approach it just like you would any other digital strategy. You just have to understand the tactics and the tools like you've been sharing some that are extremely exciting that a lot of people aren't leveraging at all. So that, I mean, it is a thorn in my side every time I am told that from seasoned CMOs, seasoned marketers. And then, and I think you, we've probably talked about this before, they'll just find the youngest person in their company and say, figure out eSports. And and that's not going to be successful. Just because somebody plays video games doesn't mean they understand growth, growth strategy, a digital strategy and marketing tactics applicable to a specific audience. They just happen to play video games. So it's not Mm -hmm. the person you're going to put in charge of the initiative. You really need to bring in experts um, Mm -hmm. like myself and yourself to really handhold them through that process and put a thoughtful plan together.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I would love to flip the table here because I know from our past experience, conversations that you also have great insight. What is would you, would you mind me asking you a question?
0: Go ask me a question. Yeah.
1: Let's sure. do it. <laughs> what is what is one opportunity that or a tactic that you see could yield a, a lot of potential results for these companies or these brands that maybe nobody has been thinking about or we haven't brought up yet today.
0: That is putting me on the spot. You know I really love the idea of another big brand taking on almost like the Red Bull approach of being, being this autonomous brand within eSports, like being an eSports brand without being an eSports brand. So getting involved in the space, creating unique content, partnering with layers and layers of influencers, of teams of even partnering with somebody like Collegiate Star League, where now you're hitting the college level, Um, and just being so known in the space in so many different ways. Mm -hmm. Red Bull is able to own so many traditional sports, and they're definitely involved in esports. And everybody has like a buy-in on their approach. But not a lot of other people are doing it that way. I mean, not a lot of other brands are approaching it in that way. They're giving money over to a team and trusting the team to activate an XYZ and to make right on assets that couldn't be solved previously instead of really taking it by the reins. And I would like to see more brands really holding the reins, investing either internally or through their advertising agencies. Advertising agencies really need to catch up here as well so that there is a thoughtful, scalable approach to the space that has longevity i mean i want to see brands committing to the space Mm
1: -hmm. one thing if i could touch on what you just said the one thing i really like that you said is being in multiple layers right Mm -hmm. so a lot of the times a company will just say like let's partner with this one single individual (laughs) Right. right where if obviously it's going to be almost like a hockey stick looking growth of exponential if you're able to get on those multiple layers, like you're saying, whether it's a caster mm-hmm. or a, a player or a team and a streamer, people who don't even do it competitively, they're just, maybe they totally suck at the game, but they're really funny to watch, right? Mm-hmm. So when you're like involved in that ecosystem at so many different layers and levels, you almost seem synonymous. With mm-hmm. it, you know what I mean? And yeah. it's just like you think of gaming You you think of Red Bull, right? uh, When you think of, okay, I'm going to say gaming and drinks, Red Bull comes to mind, right? You want to be synonymous with esports, and I think you're totally right on the nose Mm -hmm. with that.
0: And then in regards to brands that I really want to see getting into the space or categories, I would say, Mm -hmm. I'm really interested in seeing healthy brands enter the space. Um, Healthy from, you know, mind, body, uh, nutrition, any that's really lacking. And I think it comes from a misunderstanding of that audience. Mm-hmm. It's not a, a garbage food only audience. So yeah. this, these people who are gaming for a long time, like my son games probably four hours a day. He loves to game with his friends. Maybe it's more than that. I try to get things healthy for him that like, are sitting up in his little station upstairs that he can grab. Like I'm getting like genio turkey sticks and there's these like cheese sticks, things that aren't going to make his hands super messy. So these are like the ones where you like peel the things. So you don't even have to touch the product. You're touching the plastic, right? So now his hands aren't getting sticky and he's not touching gross stuff. He's not worrying about spilling anything, nuts. We do like a lot of like little bags, like sunflower seeds and things of that nature that are already peeled that he can just like pour in his mouth. Uh, And then we're doing little containers of milk that you can just like open and and drink milk. So he's not up there drinking Monster Energy drink and, and eating Sour Patch Kids, which I'm absolutely grateful that those brands are in the space. We want them in the space. I just want to see more diverse options of brands within the space because I think they need to understand it's a super viable space for them to be in. People would embrace it. Jack Lynx is in the space. They're a protein snack and they naturally belong in the space. So I would like to see more. I'd love to see Hormel and those types of, of brands getting involved. Hormel has some phenomenal brands that integrate really well in this space. And if they are in the space, I have no idea. They need to do better. You're not doing a good job. <laughs> but i um, sorry, Hormel, if you are in the space, I don't think you are. But like those are some examples of things that I would, what would you want to see in the space?
1: Good question. I actually, you just inspired a prediction and I could, and I would love to look back at this episode two, three, four years from now, and then we could replay this clip. And if I was right, right or wrong, you can roast me or say you're right on. I don't know. But you said health wise, I think in addition to the physical health and nutritional health, one thing that esports is really Doing a great job of is mental health, especially on teams. Some teams have full time, like I don't I don't know what the right title is for them, like guidance counselors, like uh, psychiatrists. Yeah, sport like, psychologists. On the payroll for the players because you want to talk about a high stress environment try playing a live game that everybody knows the mechanics of that if you make one teeny little tiny mistake millions of people not only know you made the mistake but they potentially could be just totally roasting you whether you're playing in a live tournament or in the chat of like oh you totally screwed that up you Mm -hmm. you know cost us the game that the championship was this close to us you know i mean that's stressful right it is yeah these teams actually have these people on payroll Right. Mm -hmm. So one thing I think is going to happen over time is that it's going to have a trickle down effect, because as the teams have these have mental health at the forefront of being important, the players are going to start to be more vocal about mental health. And then the players, uh, when they vocalize that to their audience or their followers and their fan base. I think that mental health will start to become our conversation in Discord. Yeah. And then what that's gonna do is it's gonna cause it's gonna be a huge opportunity for brands that are focused around mental health, whether that's products or even like a SaaS product like like Headspace, like a meditation oh, app. Mm-hmm. You know, that's gonna be a really really easy opportunity for like Headspace a year from now to partner with Discord or a a team or something like that and say like, hey, let's make mental health a part of the conversation about having a balanced lifestyle and Mm -hmm. something like that. So I think a lot more of those mental health categories are going to be more and more so introduced into the eSports realm. So
0: Yeah. And I've been seeing service-based companies like ophthalmologists and ergonomic, like chiropractors that are really focused on not only the ergonomics of the industry, but then also the correction as chiropractic services, which I right. think is like killer. Like it makes absolute perfect sense yeah. to do that. Um, that's awesome. I'm. I always love talking with you. I feel like we could maybe talk for another hour, but we probably should wrap it up. If I'm a listener and I'm like, this guy knows knows his stuff. I want to talk to him. How can people reach out to you and learn more about your business?
1: Yeah. So they can, they can check me out at dickpolipnik.com. And for those that are listening, my last name's kind of hard to spell. So first name is dot uh, K.com. And just like I tell the baristas at Starbucks, that's Dick with a D not with an N because I always get, I, what was that? Are you sure? Yeah. <laughs> But uh, so that's the best way to get a hold of me personally. Otherwise, if any brands that are listening want to engage in some marketing strategies like that, number one, I'd recommend to reach out to you first. But if they are looking for the execution of that strategy, uh, they absolutely can reach out to my company, OnlineGrowthSystems.com. And that's the best way to engage with us as a company. And if anybody wants to consume our own content, we have our YouTube channel as well that they can find. So
0: Awesome. Very cool. And we can add those, we can add those links as well to the podcast, so that people can find you even quicker. Thanks so much for coming on and and sharing your subject matter expertise. I remember the first time that we talked, we really got into some discord growth strategy conversations that were like, you were blowing my mind because I had even about the monetization within Discord. I was really just thinking about the way I was utilizing it, the way my son is utilizing it. So mm-hmm. you always are a breath of fresh air. And you always have new insights to share. Thanks so much for coming on. And I wish you the absolute best success.
1: Awesome. Well, thanks, Rebecca. It was a total blast. And uh, we'll have to do it again in a year or so When because esports is evolving so quickly. I'm sure there's going to be brand new topics to cover. So
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. For sure. Thanks a lot.
1: Awesome. Thanks, Rebecca. Thanks for tuning in. See you, everybody.